Welcome to Conversations with John and Lisa. And it's Christmas time. And do you know what the tradition is, Lisa? I have I no idea. I sing. No. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, not, I do. No, not Every on this Every Christmas. No, it needs to be closer to Christmas. Jingle We're not close bells, oh, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey. There you go. Hey, you got, you got all the lyrics right. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, everybody, I sang to my wife this year. I sang Happy Together by the Turtles. It came out in With 1967. Mullet, I had a mullet very... on in front of about 100 people. Imagine me okay, and you. Okay, okay. I do. <laughs> I think about you day and night. Okay, we're it's gonna hey right. hey people. I know I know I that know. you're hoping someone's gonna call in and be like, I had no They're idea. They're gonna discover me. Just and how I'm gifted John Beer was. And I'm gonna be. <laughs> yes, we want him to do the '60s and '70s recaps. Yeah, right. But no, really, we've got we've got some we've got some brilliant listeners. They've got some amazing questions that we wanted to address. And some of yeah. these, some of these things come up at holiday time, at Christmas time, at Thanksgiving, at New Year's. And I love getting questions, Lisa, because it just shows us where people right. are at. And, right. and, and the word of God has an answer for every place that we're at in life. Yeah. That's the really good news. And these aren't, these aren't like, like, where do you shop for your groceries kind of questions? These are like some are, probing questions. Yes. And so what's the first one, babe? Does forgiving someone mean I have to have a relationship with them. Okay, so that is an excellent question. Wait, can I keep reading? Oh, yeah, I'm it so says, sorry. You've done talks on forgiveness in the past, you, John Bevere, but here is what I struggle with. My stepdad abused me as a child. My mom says I'm remembering wrong and tries to force my relationship with him. I really don't want to interact with him, but he's still married to my mom. Well, that is an excellent question, and I want to answer that by taking Jesus as our example, because the Bible tells us to imitate God as dear children, and that we are to forgive one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. So let's, let's, how did God for Christ's sake forgive us? If you look at the cross, when did Jesus forgive us? When he hung on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. He wasn't just speaking to the soldiers in the Sanhedrin. He was speaking to the next generation, the next generation, the next generation, right down to you and I, because our sins put him on that cross. So Jesus forgave us before we ever said we were sorry. Now, that's when we were forgiven. And so I want to encourage you, if you you know, have, have you been praying for him passionately? Like we talked about on our last podcast, but now let's talk about when were we reconciled to God? Now, what does reconciled mean? That means we have a relationship with God. Now we weren't reconciled to God until we repented and we repented by saying, I'm wrong. I'm sorry, God, please forgive me. What led us to that repentance? It was the goodness of God. God still reached out to us. He still loved us. He still blessed us, even when we didn't have a relationship with him. But what he didn't do is he didn't tell us the intimate secrets of his heart, show us his ways, because we weren't in relationship yet. But when I repented, all of a sudden now God is showing me his heart. He's showing me his ways. He's showing me his word, revealing it to me because we're in a relationship. So even so, it is one thing to forgive. It is another thing to be reconciled. And you can't be reconciled to your dad until your dad, stepdad. your stepdad, thanks, honey, looks at you and says, I'm so sorry, but you got to give him a chance by just saying, dad, can we talk about, about, about this and do it in the presence of other people, but don't do it alone. That would be my advice. Now you, I, I'm, I'm welcome to you challenging it. 
Well, I mean, it sounds like she doesn't feel safe. Yeah. And so if somebody has been abusive, I don't think it's the responsibility of the victim to go to the abuser and try to bring reconciliation. So I think I would kind of disagree with you, even if somebody else was there. She also says her mother well, let, says... Let, let's talk about no, no, that no, no, wait point. a minute. Hold on. Okay. You, I'd let you All talk. Right. She also said that her mother is trying to force a relationship. So I think the challenge would be, who does she bring with her? So she'd have to have a husband or somebody else that was uh, somebody this man would respect and somebody that's her advocate. So I think that um, she needs to have healthy boundaries. And again, we, we talked about Dr. Cloud and, and Townsend's boundaries yeah. thing, but I think that she has the right to say, mom, I don't feel safe because he's never admitted. So we just don't have a starting point to go forward. I do think she needs to do the work to clear her heart where she forgives him, but I don't think that she should in any way, shape or form be put in any kind of forced relationship with him where she doesn't feel safe. I agree totally, but I want to I want to interject a point. The Bible said, "In as much as possible with you, live peaceably with all men." If you look at the the story, the book or the movie Unbro- Unbroken, this man was completely abused in a way like we can't even fathom by this Japanese soldier. But yet, after he got saved at the Billy Graham Crusade, he really knew in his heart, "I've got to go face him," and he went in an environment where it was controlled and he was protected, and he reached out to him. And that's why I made the emphasis of have your pastor. Go with you, your mother, and maybe an older brother or somebody who could protect you while you reach out. Because Lisa, I really believe with all my heart, her father, her stepfather is really hurting. And sometimes people, well, not sometimes, all the time, people don't get healed until they face their hurts. And the absence of her or, never or ever going face their sin. Right, right. Yeah. And what this does is causes him to have to face it under a controlled environment, but she's doing what God says. She's in as much as possibly reaching out, but do not, and I can't emphasize it alone don't, or enough, don't go alone. Okay. Here's another question kind of along the same lines. Uh, would you would love your thoughts on how to forgive the person who sexually assaulted me? And then again, goes on to say, and both of these are women. I don't really know how to talk to anyone about it because the devil or just myself keeps telling me that it wasn't rape. So why talk about it or worry about it? And, you know, I've heard that voice where it says you asked for it. You, you wanted this. You shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have been with these people. You should have known better. You shouldn't have drank or whatever it is. No matter what the situation is, nobody ever has the right to sexually assault you. Absolutely. And so um, I do think that they need to bring it to the light. And I, I love that there's really twofold questions here. There, it sounds like how to forgive and how to talk to somebody about it. This, I, I would encourage you to bring it to the light, to go to an older woman that you trust, go to a couple that you trust, something, and tell them what happened yeah. and let them pray over you, let them talk to you, and then ask them the best approach on this. Yeah, that's because, good. Because again, every situation is different. Right. This person, I don't want them to have to go to, I don't want this person to go to this person if this person already raped them to to get forgiveness or whatever. Um, but they need to see, again, I think, underscoring what you said it's the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation we we, are, we forgive everybody but we are not commanded to be reconciled with everybody we cannot be reconciled with people that have sexually assaulted and, and raped you unless they've come to the place where they've repented and they've apologized and, and, and it's and, heartbreaking and i want to say this because some of you are be heartbroken over this well i want to be reconciled i want to be reconciled do you know that 
every human being on the planet God wants to be reconciled with because Jesus died for the whole world, not just a small portion of the world. Right. And so you have to understand that's God's heart. He always wants reconciliation, but there is to be no reconciliation without these principles we've just talked about. Right, right. So we don't want you unsafe. There's some more questions. We and this I love is these what, questions. We're just, we're just doing a bunch of questions here because we we think they're valuable questions, but there may be not be an entire show topic. And and again, the forgiveness thing is interesting. Both of those were about sexual abuse. So um, this is a hot topic right now, and uh, we want to see you get whatever help you need hey, to get. Hey, why don't we do this? There's a lot of questions. Why don't you read the first one? I'll read the second one, and we'll just keep alternating. Okay. Well, um, you're asked, tell me how to tell the difference between the fear of man and the fear of God and how to break free from the bondage of fear of man. Well, are you asking me? Yeah, you have to answer it. The fear of man is when you will submit yield to a person when you know it's contrary to the will of God. Or a doctrine. A doctrine, or a system. anything. Yeah. Uh, yes, a system, a culture. Uh, but the fear of God is not to be scared of God. It's to be terrified to be away from him. When you, you know, one day the Lord spoke to me, Lisa, and he said, it's easier for you, son, to offend me who you don't see than the person you're looking at that you do see. And that cut me to the heart. I realized that I was more concerned about getting the approval of that mm. person that I was in the approval presence of. Approval would be the fear of man. Right. Than the approval from God. So I, I learned this from a very wise person. Her name is Lisa Bevere. And she looked at me and we were just, just entering into Messenger International and God was developing the fear of the Lord message in my heart. And she said, John, you're going to serve who you fear. And I went, wow, if you, if you fear God, which means you reverence him, stand in awe of him above anything or anyone else, you will obey God. But if you fear man, in other words, you want the approval of man, you want the acceptance of man, you will, you will submit to them and succumb to that trap. Wow. Okay. Okay. So it's my turn to ask a question. Yes. You, you get to ask one. All right. Um, would love to hear any thoughts on the proper social media usage as Christians. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, it's a huge issue and it's, it's causing a lot of problems with depression, mental illness, comparison, and people feeling just like they're, I mean, seriously, like their lives don't count for anything or they are overstimulated and they can't rest at night. So proper social media use. First of all, one of the things I love to do is I love to post and then go. I can post, I can say something, and I can make sure that what I am saying follows the lines of the Bible, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is just, whatever is good report, whatever is going to build up other people, yeah. whatever I'm supposed to think on is what I want to cause other people to think on. So I'm not going to take people on emotional hostage, bring them into strife. I'm not going to post things all the time that make them feel like their life is less than. Am I going to challenge them in their growth? Absolutely. Am I going to encourage them that God loves them? Absolutely. Am I going to encourage them in their faith? Yes. Am I going to have ridiculous things every once in a while because life is ridiculous of frizzy hair or puppies or grandkids? Absolutely. Because that's the length and the breadth of life. But social media cannot replace real relationships. Correct. And too many people have become so acquainted with their virtual relationships that they're neglecting their actual one. I remember you and I having a conversation one time and, and I said, John, 
I don't even know how this person is posting this much and maintaining being a mother and a wife. And it was crazy. And, and it was just a very short time later that she went through a divorce. And so I think a lot of times it is so rewarding. Oh, I post something and I've got 1500 likes in an hour. My husband doesn't pay any attention to me. You've got to actually say, I'm going to get my approval and affirmation from God. And I'm going to use social media as a medium of connection and reflection and encouragement and awareness, but I am not going to get my validation from my social media. Here's a really sad statistic, (laughs) but I just learned this today. Uh, The average teenager in the United States spends seven and a half hours per day in front of a screen. Now, who even has that much time? I know. And here, here's the thing. People keep saying, well, why aren't I hearing from God? And by the way, at the beginning of the year, we're coming out with a course called how to hear from God. And it's really a good course, but people are going, how do I hear from God? How do I hear from God? Well, why don't you go and put your friend at the other side of an NFL football stadium and you go to the complete opposite side with a hundred thousand people in there. You're not going to hear your friend. You empty that stadium and it's just you and your friend. He can be able to talk to you without a microphone. Well, God is wanting so much to talk to you. So much. So good. But if you are spending all this time being inundated with all this information and screens, your mind is so busy, you will not hear because he speaks in the quiet place. So uh, social media, I think it's a way to be able to bless and minister to people, but let's not live on it. Boy, that was a good question. All right. Is it my turn? It's your turn to read. It's my turn. And okay. this is going to be our last one for this particular session. So Man, I'm going to make it, so fast. I'm going to make it really, really good. Okay. All right. Wow. There's kind of two related ones. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, can I, can I merge two on yeah, the back sure. page there? Sure. Okay. One said, can you talk about ways to interpret what the Bible is really saying and how to be confident about things that really seem like a gray area, which bleeds into this other question. How do you handle situations or people you're in relationship? They said family misinterpreted the Bible to fit what they believe. And then she wrote, my boyfriend's parents believe in following old Testament laws, including dietary laws legalistically. God bless them. That's difficult. That's that's an easy one to answer. The devil used scriptures to try to trip up Jesus and try to control Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He answered with scripture, with the proper interpretation of scripture. And here's the situation you have to understand. I've been walking with the Lord for 38 years, uh, actually almost 39 years. To this day, when I sit down to read my Bible, I say, Holy Spirit, please teach me. I am completely dependent on our teacher. And that's what John meant when you said he said, you don't have need to anyone teach you. Well, God set up teachers in the church. He's talking about interpreting scriptures because here's the deal. If we honestly have a heart from, for God, Jesus said, he who wills to do my will will know my words are from God. So in other words, if you have a desire to manipulate people, to manipulate circumstances, to get your own will, wishes, and way out of the scripture, that's the wrong approach. When you come to the scripture and say, I'm yours, I'm here, I'm will, I will to do your will, Holy Spirit be my teacher, I got news for you. 
everybody who has that kind of a heart posture is going to know when somebody is truly speaking by the Spirit of God out of the Word of God. Yes, the Pharisees used Scripture to try to control people. The devil tried to do it with Jesus. That's nothing new under the sun. You can handle that. Just very gently and meekly look back and say, it is also written when they speak the Old Testament law or bondage over you. Just say, it is also written. And that's the way you answer it very gently. If they don't agree with you, don't get in an argument because you're not going to win. Okay? No, it, just, it almost just, sounds just like Judaizers. I mean, Galatians just says, hey, if you're going to... If, were you perfected by the flesh or were you perfected by the spirit? Because if you are protect, perfected by the flesh, you got to do all of it. And I, the whole reason the Old Testament is kind of like, hey, people, you can't do it. You can't do this without a spotless lamb being sacrificed for you. And we, you know, we, Jesus fulfilled the law. You know, I had, I had a woman come up to me and say, is it okay for people to be tattooed? You know, it's Old Testament. And I said, you know, the Old Testament also says about this one will write this name on their hand and another one will write something on their forearm. So I said, you have to also read the book of Revelations where it says Jesus has names on his thighs. So I think that the <laughs> spiritual purpose of a tattoo was an unblemished lamb. And now at this point, God could probably care less whether we have pierced ears or a tattoo of a cross on our body. He is not stressed out about that. He is more powerful than that. And that's kind of that gray area thing. You know, somebody said, what about gray areas? So yeah. we, we don't want to be Judaizers. We don't be illegals. What if it's gray area? What if it's like, I don't know whether I married this guy or not, or I don't know if I'm allowed to do this or not. Like, what do you do? How do you be confident I don't know if I should have married this guy. No, if I marry a guy, should oh, marry this should guy. Marry not, a guy. Sh not should That's have. That's when you have should to do what Romans 8, 14, 15, 16 says. You ha and what Colossians 3, 16 says. Put them both together and go look it up. But you allow the peace of God to rule in your heart as an umpire, and you are led by the witness of that peace. So put that all together between those two books, and you'll understand that on the big gray decisions of life, especially in these gray areas where you don't have chapter and verse to go to, you've got to realize that God lives in you, and he's communicating with you, but just learn how he speaks to you. And one of the things I want to say, when people compare the Old and the, the New Testament, it's gotten very confusing. There's moral law. And then there's health code, yeah. make your clothes last through the wilderness laws. And the moral law has a higher, higher accountability in the New Testament than the Old Testament. Yeah. So there's a higher thing. You know, the Bible says that we're to love as we have been loved, not, but the other one's eye for eye, tooth for tooth. So, I mean, it, it was, you know, love how Jesus has loved us, not how people have loved us. And so a lot of people have kind of merged those things like, Hey, you know, it's, Oh, everything's okay because we can eat shrimp now. Well, shrimp had nothing really to do with some of the moral laws. And so when it seems confusing on those kind of things, you need to say, was this a health practice or was this a morality? God wants us to live life at our best lack of sin practice. So hopefully that's it. So listen, I, we love hearing from you. We were not able, I'm so sorry to get to all the questions, but we want to thank you for joining us. We're going to tackle them another time. You can write a review, subscribe, or share this podcast through iTunes. Until next time, this has been John and Lisa. Yeah. Conversations. Thanks for listening to Conversations with John and Lisa. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review and be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can also connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time.